What's up, guys? This is Pastor Josh, and I am so glad you decided to check out Pastor Tim's Revelation Bible Course. Yes, that's right, Revelation Bible Course. Some would call this a Bible study, but Pastor Tim is going to be taking you deep into the Word as we go through the book of Revelation chapter by chapter. So grab your Bible, grab a notebook and a pen, and get ready to be blessed from intro lesson to the final lesson. We love you guys, and we're praying for you as you go through this course with us. Gary is is going to help me with the study. Gary, if the Holy Spirit prompts you and you feel that tonight's intro, but you feel like anything you want to share, you just signal me and you can share. And so I'm really thankful. Gary has studied end times for some time. So I'm glad I got a buddy here who has. And we will leave time at the end for questions or comments. Now, if you say something that I disagree with, I'm going to tell you that I disagree with it and explain why. But that doesn't mean that we lose fellowship. If you are born again, we're brothers and sisters, <coughs> and we don't eat our own. And if you hear me say <coughs> we disagree, I'm going to tell you I'm right, you're wrong, get over it. I do that all the time, <coughs> but the truth is none of us know it all, do we? We do our best, but there are certain things that I'll be pointing out that we know are absolute. We believe that to be truth. So, like the gospel, you must believe that Jesus is the Mashiach and that he rose from the dead. Amen? So we're going to go right to the introduction. This is really important. So to properly understand prophecy, the book of Revelation... And the Bible, one must understand how to rightly divide the word of truth. One of the very first verses that I memorized, Jake, I can't believe the length of the verses that Leom and Peter have. Have you seen that? I don't know what happened. When Rebecca did it, they weren't that long, I know, in the beginning. Big words. I'm like, Peter, Wow. The kids have a memory verse every, every week at Arthur Christian School, and I'm glad. Jaden's in second grade, and his wasn't as long as Peter's. Peter, Josh, Peter said to me, Zadie, that's not fair. <laughs> I said, get over it, buttercup. Ask your meemaw or mama, whatever. Mama, um, that's Jackie saying. But it's getting the word of God in them. And you know, we're never too old to try and remember. So I, I hear people say, I can't remember. You can get the concept, and I'll tell you this. When you hide his words in your heart, the Bible says the word of God shall not return unto him void. There are things that come out where I have studied the word that as a child I never, never memorized those passages, and it has come out. You have to get this to rightly divide the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman or workwoman. Sister Vonda, there's no gender in the spirit. That's to all of us. A workman that needeth not, but I am going to interject this for those watching online. There are only two genders. You are a man or a woman. You're male or female. There's no 42. There's none of that nonsense. I don't even want to hear it. It just drives me crazy. Um, the world has gone nuts. The kids are, children are now identifying as cats and schools are getting litter boxes for them. You don't even want to know what somebody sent me today. But anyway, back to the passage. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In order to rightly divide the word, you must, understand that there are three people groups. And I know that I'll have this in here. There are, in 1 Corinthians 10.32, it actually says, in whatever you do, I'm giving you the Tim paraphrase on this part, whether you eat or drink or sleep or whatever you do, then it says, give none of, in all things, to the glory of God. Give no offense. If you go back to the original Greek, it means... Don't give offense neither to the Jews 
nor the nations. Our translations say Gentiles. Some of your Bible translations will say Greek because they were Hellenizing the world. And so the Greeks, you know, did anybody see the movie, My Big Fat Greek, My Big Fat Ugly Greek Wedding? Is it Ugly Greek Wedding? Thank you. I always get that wrong. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I'm not endorsing movies. But in the movie, The Father, everything was about the Greek culture, right? You could give him any word, and he could tie it to the Greeks. Well, there's truth to that, that they wanted to Hellenize the world. And so when they did the Bible translations, it would really be the goyim, which means the nation. So you have, in the Old Testament, two people groups. You have the Jews, and you have the goy, or the goyim, the nations. We translate that in the New Testament, give no offense neither to the Jews nor the Gentiles, or like I said, some of your translations can say Greek, that means the Gentiles, or the church. And the church is the word ecclesia, which I like the word assembly better. In the Old Testament, there wasn't an ecclesia. You just had the Jews and the Gentiles. Now you have the musterion, the mystery that was revealed to Paul. That's the church. What is the church? Because it's a third people group, isn't it? It's made up of everyone, Jew or Gentile, who believes that Jesus is the Mashiach, the Messiah, that he shed his blood, died on that cross, conquered hell, death, and the grave, and on the third day rose from the dead. Boom, you're born again when you believe on Jesus. And you then become a new, doesn't the Bible say a new creature, a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am no longer a Jew. You are no longer a Gentile. We are born again believers. That means we're part of the body of Christ. Ephesians 1 says Christ is the head. We are the body. Therefore, I love this, right? All power, dominion, rule, and authority is under his feet, which is under our feet. Isn't that true? Yeah, he's the head, we're the body. And so we're the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And when this dispensation ends, when the rapture happens, and we get caught up, and we're going to that marriage of the lamb, we get glorified bodies. We will no longer have a carnal sin nature and we will be just like Jesus. And I'm going to have an eight pack. No six pack. I want to go higher. It's going to be glorified. I'm getting an eight pack. Not a keg, an eight pack. And, I've ne- and I don't drink, so don't think that. I don't judge other people, but I don't drink. I made a decision that I was never going to drink. I just don't do it. And as a pastor, I want to be above reproach in that area. But you know, James, I know there's going to be, (laughs) I know there's going to be comments coming out. We saw him in Skid Row drunk. I guarantee it. I'd bet my 401k on it. James, would you bet with me? And then they're going to say, there he goes gambling. (laughs) I don't gamble. But you get the point. So it's really important because in studying prophecy, especially end time prophecy, you must know who's speaking and to whom. Now, if you have pens on you, you might want to mark this down somewhere. I don't know if I have this in the notes. I may, but I don't know. Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Matthew 24 and 25, those chapters which is known as the Olivet Discourse, and Revelation chapter 6 through 18 is not dealing with the church, the body of Christ. It's not to us. Those verses, what Daniel covers in four verses, and um, Revelation covers from 6 through 18, is the same time period, the tribulation period and the time of Jacob's trouble. Daniel 9.27 is fascinating because we are seeing covenants being made right now between nations. During prayer, I talked about, um, and, and be prepared, Israel, intel from Israel, is we've already seen them bombing around Damascus 
get ready. Because the intel I'm getting, Israel, it's going to be even greater. And right now, you have Iran and Russia. They have been close allies, strong bedfellows since 2015, sharing banking, infrastructure, and military. Now, Turkey and China are joining that fray. And these are, Jesus said, watch the fig tree and watch the other trees. The fig tree is Israel. When you see fig tree in prophecy, it's Israel. Israel is, and you hear through the prophets, like Daniel, Daniel, Zechariah, Zechariah, Yehezkel, Ezekiel. You hear their, their, their books of prophecy, and we know that Israel is the cup of reeling for the world. All eyes are now on Israel. They're battling over Israel. This is what it's all about. And the reason is because Satan, he knows when he couldn't stop Jesus from being born. He, he couldn't stop the line through Moshe, through Moses, right? His mother and father saved him. Joshua, we're going to be talking about that with kids tomorrow. That's the scripture reference. We lead a, a group, small group of boys. He leads one, I lead one at the school every Thursday. And th that's what the scriptures are about, right? They couldn't stop. In fact, Moses' parents recognized more than, oh, isn't he a beautiful baby? They recognized, I believe, Holy Spirit, because he didn't abide in them, right, Sister Vonda? But the Holy Spirit would come on men and women. I believe that they recognized when we study the scriptures that there was divinity there, that there was a divine purpose. But Satan wanted the Hebrew boys dead. That's why Pharaoh had them killed. He couldn't stop through the, through the Magi, right? They didn't report back to Herod. He wanted the Hebrew boys to and under killed because he didn't want, he, he saw himself as king of the Jews. He didn't want Jesus to be born and he didn't want him to grow up. That didn't work. That was a plot foiled by Satan. Then when Jesus was tempted, right, he went out. What did he do? How many days? 40. To pray and fast, right? And here comes along old Hasatan, the accuser of the brethren. And he says, if you'll bow down to me, he takes him to the high pinnacle. He shows him the nations of the world, the kingdoms of this world. There are people who don't understand this. They say, well, how could Satan do that anyway? Because he is the little God of this world, isn't he? Meaning he, by high treason, Adam gave up his lease. Satan is not our God. He's not his equal counterpart. But there is a judicial system in the heavenly courts. Just like our salvation. There's no double jeopardy. I love this. Do you know what double jeopardy is? I, I've used this example before. So... If James got mad at me and said, I'm going to frame him because you're in the, you could be in the, if I get really excited, you could be in the spit zone. It's been a long time, but it has happened, hasn't it, Matt? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you could be in the, you know how the whales at SeaWorld, they tell you the splash zone? There's a spit zone with some preachers in churches. And so if James got mad because he was in the spit zone and I got him, ugh. And, and so he says, I'm going to get him. You better get in line. And so James, he's got my DNA because I got spit and stuff flying all over James. And, and James says, I'm going to get him. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, yeah, I, I'm going to get him. And, and I say, you know what? I'm going to get back at James. And I'm going to get his DNA and I frame my own murder. I make it seem, I, I have this plot, and I make it seem like, I've, like James killed me. And then I go off to, because this will be more believable for people that I did it than you. And I go off to the Caribbean, and I, I don't drink alcohol, never have, but, but I say, Gary, I said, you know what, I, I'm going to get him, and now I'm just going to lead a different life. And I, I'm going to take the life insurance for my own death. 
I'm going to say I'm leaving it to my children, but jo- I'm going to leave it to Josh, but Josh, I'm going to get that money. I- I'm, I'm going to hack his account. I'm going to get the money, and I'm going to go off to the Caribbean to an island where nobody knows where I am, and, and I'm going to float around in an inner tube on a pool overlooking the ocean and drink those funny drinks with the umbrellas in them, and James is going to go to jail, and that's what he deserves. I'm going to get him back. He wanted to get me. And James gets tried, he gets arrested, and he gets tried in a court of law for murder. And there are some people who love me. And, and so, James, you're, you're in jail. But you're such a nice man. Isn't James a wonderful man? He really is. He's one of the most kind-hearted men I've ever met. And so James makes the license plate. You're in there with a couple of our governors. And he does a really good job doing that. And so they let him out, Linda Rice, for for time off. Like, he gets out early. He was arrested, convicted, and tried for my murder. And James says, I'm a nice guy, but I'm really mad. I'm going to go find him. And James comes to the Caribbean, and, and he brings a gun. And there's lots of people around me because, you know, I, I'm just having a grand old time making friends and just, you know, partying it up and, and floating around, always on my inner tube. Got a great tan going. I'm sipping my funny drinks. And James comes in front of hundreds of people and he pulls out a gun and he shoots me dead in front of those people. Do you know he cannot be tried and arrested again because he already paid the penalty for the crime of my murder. That's called double jeopardy. You can't be tried again for something you've already been convicted for and paid the punishment for. We can never be tried again for our sins because Jesus Christ paid the debt once and for all in the justice courts of heaven The pillars of his throne are mercy and justice. You're, when you make mistakes in your sin, now do we want to honor God with our lives? Amen. But when you do, there is no double jeopardy in the courtroom of heaven. So there is a legal system. So there is a time period. This dispensation, the 6,000 years, the time is coming up. And then there's going to be the rapture, the week of years, seven years. And then there's going to be the thousand-year millennial reign. Well, Satan tried. He tried then to take Jesus up. He had a legal right. And he said, if you worship me, right, I will put you, you, basically, you don't have to go to the cross. You can have all this. And Satan is such a twister of the truth, a liar. He's the father of lies. And what did Jesus do? when He would take scripture, Have you ever met anyone who will take scripture and twist it and make it heresy? And that's what Satan does. But what Jesus did, he came back. It is written with the word of God. And Jesus knew from the foundation of the world, God had a plan. And Jesus fulfilled that. He could have. He didn't have to go to the cross, did he? He chose to willingly. People battle over who who crucified him, the Jews, the Romans. No, Jesus willingly went. They they had, of course, we know the physical men, but it was Jesus who wanted to become our hata'ah, our sin offering and sacrifice. When you're going through a hard time or you're feeling sorry for yourself, I want you to remember how much God loves you, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so it's important to understand when you're studying these scriptures because then now we're at this time period after the tribulation, what Satan is really trying to stop. By the way, he wants you out of here. He wants the body of Christ to be raptured. The body of Christ wants to be raptured. And Jesus wants to rapture us. God's timing is perfect. The reason Satan wants us out of here is because we're restraining. 
And we'll get to that more in the study. He does not want Jesus' feet to land on the Mount of Olives. The rapture and the second coming are two. Gary Rice, aren't they two distinct events? The rapture first before the tribulation. And see, if you don't understand how to rightly divide and you don't understand that those passages, for instance, are not about the church, that Daniel 9, 24 to 27, the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24 and 25, and Revelation 6 through 18 is not about us. We will have been raptured, will be gone. The bride of Christ will be gone. That's the tribulation period. What Satan, Satan wants the rapture to happen, he doesn't want the second coming because he knows Adam's lease is up. He knows his time is short. And when Jesus comes back, after the seven years, the week of years, like the Galilean, the ancient Galilean wedding, they would go into the wedding chamber for seven days. And on the eighth day, the bridegroom would come out with his bride and they would be together forever. When he comes back on that eighth day, we're coming back with him on white stallions. And when we do the battle of Armageddon, Jesus is going to speak the word and the bloodshed is going to be great. And his feet are going to land on the Mount of Olives. The Bible says it will split in two. And he will take his rightful place on the Davidic throne. And Satan knows what, what happens to Satan then? Does anybody know? Bound up, Dale, yes. Bound up and thrown into the pit. Now, at the end of that thousand years, which we'll get to, he's loose for a short time. And then he's going to hell. And, and so will you know, we'll get into all that, but that's why it's so important that you understand that we're diligent in doing that. In studying Revelation, we must rightly divide the book of Revelation according to the specified group of people. So we'll be talking about that. This is about these people. So as we go through, I like in the numeric Bible, Hebrews to Revelation, F.W. Grant, page 273, this is what he said. We must not merge Israel and the church or forget even the purpose of God as to the earth and higher and heavenly ones. The true revelation to interpret prophecy can only be found, therefore, not in self-imagined canons, but by having before one the great promises of God, remembering how he challenged every thought of their, Israel's, undoing, especially with regard to Israel, his people. I give you scripture references, that's Jeremiah 31, 35, and 36, and that even as to the new heaven and the new earth, Isaiah 66, 22. Thus, an interpretation of Revelation, which practically, if not theoretically, leaves Israel out, cannot have the needed largeness, cannot give us the mind of God. Dr. Billy Brim said this, prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Prophecy is, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. At some point we'll be talking about Replacement theology. There are those who believe. Remember, for, a lot, for thousands of years, the Jews were scattered. When we get to Revelation, I'm praying about which book. We've done Daniel, now Revelation. We might go to Zechariah. When we get done with Revelation, there's so much there. There's such richness, prophetic in that. Um, and at some point, should the Lord tarry, we'll get to Ezekiel. But replacement theology says that we are now Israel, that we're spiritual Israel, and they push Israel completely out of the picture. Israel was formed, was created, was identified by God as his witness on the earth. Remember in Genesis 12, 3, God said to Abraham regarding Israel, I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you will be cursed. Most people, when you hear that, leave off this part. This part is very significant. And through you, 
the nations of the world will be blessed. That theme carries through from then right through the tribulation period. And, and it's very significant. There's a lot of people who scream, uh, why, you know, I've been accused of being a Zionist. I am a Zionist. I'm a Christian Zionist. I'm a born-again believer. To, actually, you would say Zion. To Zion. The, the Bible is real about that. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and there are people who act like, well, what are you doing? Because anti-Semitism is at all high time. The Bible told us this would happen. This would happen. And one of the greatest things, you know, Israel becoming a nation again on May 14, 1948. Remember, we already said, when you see the fig tree, that represents prophetically Israel. When the Bible says the budding of the fig tree, that was when Israel became a nation again. In a day, it reemerged as a nation. And even now, you are seeing thousands of Jews from around the world returning to the homeland as the prophets said they would. That's a huge, so many people miss that. That is a huge end time sign. And we will get to that as we get further into the study. In the numeric Bible again, on page 270, Revelation is a book of prophecy and a prophecy which has as the mind of the spirit a unity. And here we find, in fact, the unity of all prophecies. It is a return to the beginning. God's first thoughts are also his last. Jewish thinking is circular, and this is true in the word of God. He holds to them. He is himself the first and the last, the living and unchanging one who abides to carry out his purposes according to his own unchanging nature. Thus, it is no wonder if when we reach the end to which revelation brings us, we find that we are once more contemplating the beginning. Gary, you'll know this. During the millennial kingdom, right? Once the bride of Christ, once the rapture happens, that's it for the bride of Christ, right? There's no more. When this dispensation ends, we are it. We will be, the Bible says, to the praise of, of his glory forever and ever. That means we're it. And I praise God that he ordained that I would live in this time, this period. I'm saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Hallelujah. And I'm part of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. We are going to get raptured. We are going to get new bodies that will never perish. My eight pack, I'm getting my eight pack. I have no carnal nature. There'll be no sinning. It's going to be glorious. We are going to be just like Jesus. Hey, everyone. I hope you are being blessed by this lesson of the Revelation Bible Course. If you're enjoying this lesson as well as the Sunday sermons from Jonathan Creek and you want to be a part of what God is doing through this ministry, you can visit www.jcreek.org and click the Give Now button to invest in the kingdom of God and everything he has planned for J Creek. We appreciate you. And now back to the lesson. Get that concept. We are going to be just like Jesus. I had a dream. It was an amazing dream. I'm telling you, it was, I know the difference with whether it's my dreams or whether it's a God dream or if the enemy's trying to put something in there because I've dreamed since I've been a child. God deals with different people different ways. And in one of the dreams, part of it was, I, Sister Vonna, I couldn't see it, but oh, that glorified body felt good. And I believe we're going to be going back and forth because we're going to be in the new, the heavenly Jerusalem. Amen? And... I believe there are planets, Gary, that, that will be ruling and reigning and doing things. But anyway, I was walking. I know the streets of Jerusalem. I've been there now. I was just recently there. And I was walking the streets of Jerusalem. I was flanked by two, I don't know if they were angels or other glorified people or what, but a little girl pointed and said, look, mommy, there goes one of the glorified ones. It was like, wow, there they are. And I'm like, how cool is that? Those who come to faith, because men have always been justified by faith, right? Is that true? Those who are saved, 
They won't be the bride of Christ during the tribulation. It reverts back to the way things were in the garden. Gary, isn't that true? They're going to have the oblations. They're going to have the tree of life. I actually think that they're going to, they're going to have children. They're going to have mortal bodies. And for the record, they're going to still have a carnal nature. Most people don't know that. Some may disagree with me, but the Bible's clear on that. So they're going to go back to the oblations and the tree of life. We won't because we're the bride of Christ. We're to the praise of his glory forever and ever and ever. They're not getting glorified bodies. They're, right? They're still going to have children. Now, if you don't agree with me, that's okay. That's not a heaven or hell issue. But I do believe that there's going to be companies. I can just see the companies now. Get your green tea, Josh. It won't be the one that we go to, but get your green tea made from the leaves of the tree of life for longevity and health. And right, they're going, Gary, aren't they going back to that? It's, it's circular, it goes back. So what we see in the beginning, we see in the end. The beginning is now seen from the end as indeed when we look closely into it, we find that the end was seen from the beginning. So what you see in Genesis you're going to see in Revelation and vice versa. Things are now seen more deeply. However, as the role of the ages has worked them out in full, all is seen to be under the control of God and to be a revelation of himself who is thus telling all his heart out to his creatures. Now, Dr. Billy Brim said this. Revelation is Genesis enlarged and glorified. Revelation is Genesis answered. Here is the scriptural, the divine evolution in its whole extent, and must we not see the end in order to appreciate rightly the beginning. In regard to the book of Revelation, Arno C. Gabaline said, praise must fill our hearts when we read the words of this prophecy and remember the grace which has saved us from all which is coming upon this age, another blessing is the assurance of ultimate victory and glory. And so we have background. I wanted to give you some background information tonight. Um, Revelation has a unique place in our canon of scriptures. The unique placement of Revelation is loud and clear from the very first words, revelation, or in the original language, it's apocalypsis. This word means unveiling and originates from our word apocalyptic, a type of writing found in the prophets Daniel, Ezekiel, and Zechariah in our Old Testament. Now, this is important. If I were going to give a test on this, this would be on the test. It's found in Daniel Ezekiel and, and Zechariah, but found only here in the New Testament. It refers to the prophetic visions of the future that use symbols, figures, and other literary devices. So we'll be taking note of that as we go through. Dr. Billy Brim said the future is as bright as God can make it. And if you see typos like I saw one, don't judge me, um, you can correct it yourself. But the future is as bright as God can make it. Do you believe that? And definitely, oh, for us. Not only does Revelation look forward to the future consummation of all things and the eventual triumph of God and the Lamb, but it also ties up the loose ends of the first 65 books of the Bible. I agree with that. In fact, which is how the book can best be understood by knowing the whole Bible. It's important to study the Bible. You know, I say this so often. All of the Bible is for the believer, amen? But not all of the Bible is about the believer. You have to know who's speaking and to which people group. You want to know, about, you need to study the whole Bible. We just, I just said that. You want to know about us? It's the Pauline epistles. It's the letter. But you don't get the full extent of it, do you, Gary? Unless you study the entirety of the word of God. 
Now, when someone is first born again, I encourage them to read the gospel of John because they're going to get to know Jesus. Amen? And then I tell them to go to the book of Ephesians. Why do I do that? Can anybody, do you know why I tell them to go to Ephesians? It tells you who you are. It tells you your position in Christ. It teaches you about the authority of the believer. In fact, when I pray, when I pray during the day and I pray for you guys, I pray for my family and, and I've done my time of praise, I'm not every day, but most days I get out my Bible and I start praying and it's a prayer. Ephesians chapter one, verse 17 through Ephesians chapter two, verse seven. And, and then I take a seat. I literally get in my chair and I sit down and I rule and reign. I put Hasatan on notice and all his minions because the Bible says positionally we are seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Again, far above all power, dominion, rule, and authority. When you know your, now performance wise, I'm still here. I'd like to tell you I'm perfect in performance, but oh, that would be such a lie. I'm not, and neither are you. But I am perfect in position. That does not mean I use that as an excuse to openly walk in defilement to a holy God. Amen? We have choices. But I'm positionally perfect, and when you know that, when you spent that time in praise and prayer and then you pray those scriptures and then you take your seat of authority, you can rule and reign. Why do I sit when I do that? Does anybody know? Because kings sit and rule. And I sit and put him on notice. You know, if we could take the veil off our eyes and see in the spiritual realm, you would see what's in the spiritual realm and who you really are. I can see Jack sitting there, but Jack, that's not, that, that's your earth suit. Your identity, your position is already in the heavenlies. Is that true, church? In Christ Jesus. And when our heavenly father, Abba, sees you, he sees you in Christ. He sees you perfect, Jack. He sees you already glorified. Now, I know you, just like me, we're not perfect. But I think you're a pretty good guy, and I love you. You're a great brother. And so, as Jack is renewed in his mind and sees himself there, and washed in the purity of the truth of God's word, that has such an impact, doesn't it? And then, when we take that position... We have authority as believers. We, Linda, is the pain still going? We, what was it, Sunday service? I think we called for healing. And there were three people that were in pain. And all three of them, the pain was gone. We, we were in unity. We took our position of authority. Now, that doesn't mean if you pray for something that you haven't realized it, that God hasn't already provided it, and don't beat up on people. Jesus healed, do you remember when he healed the lepers? What did he say? Now, go show yourself or go do this. It doesn't always happen immediately, but by faith, you appropriate those things by faith, and you believe God. I've shared with you guys recently how... Josh, they, the doctor was talking about my kidneys. And, and he was saying, you're going to have to go on dialysis and you're going to need a kidney transplant if we can't stop this. And I took my seat of authority. And the next time I went, he said, well, you got to do these tests. Well, they called me and said, the test couldn't be right. Do it again. I'm like, are you kidding? It was right. They couldn't believe that my kidneys are healthy and normal and functioning normally because that's what God always does for us. Because I took my seat of authority. There are people who don't understand that. We are supposed to rule. Do you believe that? We rule and reign in authority. We don't have to wait till we get to glory to take our seat of authority. So that's why it's important to know what's for us. 
as born-again believers, what those Pauline epistles, those prison letters, they're to us specifically about us. So while all of the Bible is for the believer, not all of the Bible is about the believer. You can say amen to that. So the characters, symbols, events, numbers, colors, and so forth are nearly, nearly all previously encountered in the word of God. Some have appropriately called Revelation the grand central station of the Bible because it's here that the trains come in. Now, what trains? The trains of thought begun in Genesis and the following books, such as the concepts of the scarlet line of redemption, the nation of Israel, the Gentile nations, <coughs> the church, Satan, the adversary of God's people, the Antichrist, and, the, and many more. So the trains come in, they come to completion, and this is what we're going to find in Revelation. The book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, is the necessary culmination of the Bible. It tells us how everything is going to come out, even a casual reading should be a stem, stern warning to unbelievers to be born again. I'm telling you, more people, now you guys know, not every, God gives us all gifts. One gift is not better. When I unplug those toilets or clean those toilets, that is every bit as glorious as what I'm doing right now. Do you believe that? It's true. And we all do our part. Giftings are definitely um, different, but it all works together. Not everyone is going to have the gift of evangelism. Everyone can evangelize. Everyone can share the, share the gospel. It's just, Josh, you can't go anywhere with me, right? Without talking about Jesus. I'm going to tell you something that I noticed. This is really happening. Lyle, it's happening a lot. People used to talk to me about Jesus. Carla, they'll see me at Walmart or somewhere. And I don't know what they want to talk about, but I want to talk about Jesus. They walk away. You can see their eyes like rolling. Who's listening? And you don't want to tell me what I have to do to comply with the beast system because then you are going to hear the gospel. I'm going to tell you about the Antichrist and how you fall into the Babylonian system and how it started in the Valley of Shinar with, with Nimrod and the evil man. You're going to hear it all. So that's probably why people run from me, Marilyn. But I'm telling you, people literally, I can see them. They see me, they spot me. And, and Gary, they can't wait to get away from me. I'm like, because they know I'm going to talk about Jesus. For me, it's, it's that it just comes out. I can't stop it. And there's no glory to me, all the glory to God. But I have noticed, as people are noticing what's going on in the world, it started the other day with someone saying to me, hey, did you hear about the Tonga volcano that erupted? Like, how many times? I said, eight in 48 hours. And, uh, and the ring of fire. I said, yep. I said, do you know there are more that the lava, the magma flow, and everything that's happening, there are more earthquakes in a day now than there used to be in a decade. And all that. Why do you think that is? I said, well, the Bible told us why that is. Because it's called birth pangs or birth pains. You know, this baby is about ready to come out. And I'm going to tell you, Diane, you're a nurse. So I know this. I have seen my wife in labor for, a, for over a month with the triplets. We prayed. We just kept praying, Lord, hold her cervix. Hold her cervix. At 33 weeks, there was no more holding it. Praise God. He was the smallest, Matthew, at three pounds and 15 ounces, almost four. Allie was 4'4", four, four, and Lindsay was 4'7". That was great for seven weeks early for triplets. And I, I'm telling you, for over a month, poor Karen was in labor that whole time. And she said, why do you keep praying for my cervix to hold? I said, because if that, I don't know a lot, but I know if that cervix holds and your water doesn't break, they're staying in. Is that true, Diane? I asked the Holy Spirit, what do I pray for her? What do I pray? Because they can't come, you know, that month earlier. That would not have been good. Her cervix held for that amount of time. And then they came. It was like a water slide to me. <laughs> they were all born in the same minute. I'm telling you, it was amazing. Um, God is faithful. I've seen some of my daughters, and, and 
actually, I had a daughter-in-law that Allie and I, we went to go visit, and I didn't plan to be in there. She had been in labor for long. That girl never took anything. And she would go like this, ooh. I'm like, are you kidding me? My wife, it's the only time I heard her sound like a demon. (laughs) And she's like, ooh, like it was like a little sneeze almost. You know, I'm like, good grief. That girl should no, I'm not going to say that. But she did really well with that. And all of a sudden, she wasn't dilating, dilating, and they come with the things. You're fully dilated, and they're, you, I'm like, Allie, we got to go. They're like, you can't go now. And then my son says, hold her leg. I said, I will not. He lost his brain cells. So um, Allie was pregnant with Caleb. Was it Caleb or Zeke at the time? I don't remember. Zeke. Yeah, it was Zeke. Um, so I'm, my daughter-in-law's going, ooh. I'm like, well, she's good. So I'm telling Allie, <laughs> Allie's there, and I'm covering up, honey, you need to rest. The one having the baby, and then all of a sudden, we're in there. And I'm telling you, when that pushing came, that was it. He was out. We are so at the precipice of the pushing. And so I was sharing with this young man about, because he's like, why do you think all this? I said, well, the Bible told us. And then we got talking. And as he was saying things that are going on in the world, I was pointing it right back to the prophets from 2,500 to 2,800 years ago. And I'm telling you, it was so exciting when all of a sudden his eyes got really big. And he's like, the Bible is real. I'm like, yeah. I said, now, if you believe that, let me tell you about what the Bible says about how you can be born again and make sure that you're not here when things get really bad. And I shared the gospel and tears just streaming down his face as he confessed Jesus as Lord, as he believed on Jesus. And it all came from the things that are happening in the world. Don't be afraid to talk about the things. This is why it's so important that we understand Revelation and what is going on. The book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, is the necessary culmination. The authorship, I have notes here. I'm going to let you read that for yourself and the date. The author is John, the son of Zebedee, the brother of James. Amen? And the date... There are different dates. Some believe the early 50s or 60s. Others believe uh, around 95. I don't care what you believe, but we know that our canon of scripture is absolutely truth. I want to share, to conclude our study tonight, our introduction, Clarence Larkin the unveiling of those events that precede and accompany his return to earth is the book of Revelation. Dr. Brim said, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, Jesus Christ execute the commission that Father gave to him. And this is his part in the whole scheme of redemption. Brother Kenneth E. Hagin said, often opened his prayer with the following words of thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, for your great plan of redemption, which you planned and gave the Lord Jesus to consummate. Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ that he brought through John the Revelator. Amen? So I want to give time. Gary, is there anything you want to add? Because next week we're going to begin. This was an introduction this week. We are going to get into it. I'm going to tell you that people think, well, I know what Revelation is about. We are really going to get into the study. This will be at a collegiate level. Josh, will you say again where I know for my purposes, for my own YouTube, they can find it there. But for the church, you can go back and it will be crisp. It will be audio only, right? So Apple, Spotify, or Google, and it's under what? J Creek Church. J Creek Church. The sermons will also be there, but these will be labeled Revelation Study, Intro, Revelation Study, Lesson 1, and so forth. 
Yeah, so that's really good. Gary, anything you want to add? Is his mic going? Go ahead and use your mic, Gary. The, uh, the wonderful thing about Revelation is, is we find that this is what Jesus wanted us to know. And it was his revelation. And, and so we have to, to look at it from that aspect that this is what Jesus wanted us to know and what, what, what is to come. And so I, I'm just so thankful that he, he did this, that we're not in the dark. And, and it's just a great, wonderful study. Yeah, amen. That is true. Are there any questions about what we're going to be doing or anything? You can ask. Lyle? Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Revelation? Revelation is chapter 6 through 18. And then Matthew chapter 24 and 25 which we refer to as the Olivet Discourse, they are all dealing with the tribulation period. So people confuse them. So I'm going to give you an example. In Matthew 25, where it talks about what you did for the least of these, people misappropriate that and misinterpret that and say, if I don't, if I don't feed the needy, if I don't take care of these people, then, then I'm going to lose my salvation, which you can't. Once you're born again, you're born again. Or, you know, I'm going to be judged sternly for that. that. No, that's actually talking about the tribulation period. And it's talking about how the nations and how the people treated Israel during that time. It, it, you have to understand. The parable of the ten virgins, I don't have time to go into that tonight. But I've done videos that you can get on my YouTube, on timhenderson.tv. Most people think that that's talking about if your lamp isn't full of oil, you're going to get up behind. It's not talking about us. It's talking about when we come back. And I'm not, I don't have time to go into it all now, but it's taught the bridesmaid are not the bride. We're the bride. So we're, it's not about before the rapture. That's actually after. But again, I don't have time to go into that now. If you guys want, I'll do a teaching at the end of Revelation on that if, if you want that. But you can go. All you have to do is go to YouTube and Google Tim Henderson, the, the 10 Bridesmaids, and it'll come up. And I, I did a whole teaching on there on that. Um, because, and that's hard because people get this concept that, well, that's what it means. That's what it means. No one knows the day nor hour. That's, that reference is to the second coming. But people make it the rapture. Now stop setting dates. You guys, you know, it was back, back in 2017. Man, people were going crazy. They were saying, the rapture's gonna happen July 17th. And I came out and did a video like I just recently did. They're, when are they saying the rapture's gonna happen now in September? Yeah, Dale, I did a video that said, stop that. People get depressed. They put all their, listen, the rapture, I believe in the imminency. It could happen at any time. Everything that needed to happen has happened. We know we're in the season, right, Sister Vonda? But anyway, in 2017, I came out because so many people were asking me. I did a video and said, stop it. I, mean, I don't know when the rapture is going to happen, but I don't believe this nonsense that the rapture is going to happen on July 17th of 2017. Like all these people, they're misappropriating scripture. Well, what happened was, you guys know what the National Enquirer is, right? In the UK, they have the Daily Star. It's like the National Enquirer. I'm not kidding. It, and they never recanted it. They said, doomsday preacher Tim Henderson They've got my picture, predicts the end of the world on July 17th. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said, stop it. But I figure there's no negative PR, so whatever. Um, you know, and I, I just know that people are doing that. We don't, we don't want to do those things. Israel, God is going to redeem the nation of Israel. The prophet said in a day, didn't he, Gary? I don't know, and I don't think anybody knows exactly how God's going to do that. God treats Israel as a nation like a whole, and I think of it like in a sack. That's how God treats Israel. But I do know this. If God says, I'm going to save, redeem Israel on a day, 
God's going to save, redeem Israel on a day. But that's to Israel. We're neither Jew nor Gentile. We are the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. This is why it's so important to rightly divide. And there are well-meaning people. Sister Vonda, Hilton Sutton, you liked him. But you didn't agree with his end time. And I didn't either. And, and I don't agree with his end time stuff. He was off. But, you know, I've heard this from several people. It's like the cow in the field chewing the hay. Spit the sticks out and keep the good stuff. And I like to tell you, I tease and say, I'm right, you're wrong. I, I don't know it all and neither do you. But I know this, Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the dead. And I'm born again. And the Holy Spirit will illuminate the word. And I know this, I got it as a boy. I was nine years old. The man whose granddaughter I would one day marry I didn't know it at the time, told me, you need, he gave me two scriptures. It's Grandpa Ernest, who she loved, Josh. Your wife loved him, and he loved her. He said, you have to know these two scriptures. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I took that to heart. It, it stayed with me. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Boy, that and John three sixteen they have served me well in my life and God is so good. Are there any other questions or thoughts? I don't want to shortchange anyone. Gary, thank you for what you shared. I truly believe and agree with you. This is what Jesus wants us to know. And Matthew, you can attest to this. We have family members who hate me because I, I send out messages and I've, I've sent them left behind letters. If suddenly millions disappear, whatever, if they say the aliens took the extreme ultra magas out <laughs> or whatever they're going to classify us, that they took us out to save them, whatever they're going to do, there's more that we'll get into. Whatever their excuse is, I want you to know the truth. And I put in there, you're going to be forced to take a mark on your right hand or your forehead. Don't take the mark. Gary, if they take the mark, it's game over. Right? We won't. We won't, the body of Christ. But those who have not believed Jesus is the Messiah and rose from the dead, I have a left-behind letter here at the church and at my home. Don't do it. Believe on Jesus. So what they're going to face, the wrath of God that is going to come on the planet. Praise God. Thessalonians tells us we are not appointed unto wrath. You know, God loves us fiercely and passionately. And even the tribulation to come, the basis of that wrath, of that judgment is love because God is love. People can still be saved. But I am thankful because I know how fierce and perfect and passionate God's love is. Let me tell you, years ago he told me, son, tell them my wrath is equally perfect, fierce, and passionate. And so when you go home, you just praise the Lord that you're born again. You're going to get a glorified body. And now, starting next week, we will be getting into chapter one. And we're going to go into detail into what is about to happen to planet Earth. And I'm telling you, it's sooner than most can even fathom. So, in closing, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May his countenance be lifted on you and his shalom, his peace, perfect, whole, complete, nothing lacking, nothing missing, be yours in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, in the name of Jesus Messiah, I pray and I bless you. Amen. And you're dismissed. 
Thank you guys again so much for joining us. I hope you took plenty of notes and that you got so much out of this lesson of the Revelation Bible Course presented by Pastor Tim. Listen to each lesson as many times as you need so that you can take everything that the Holy Spirit has for you out of each lesson. Until next time, I'm Pastor Josh, and thanks again for joining us. God bless.